Welcome to Healthcare Beat, a healthcare podcast brought to you by Seifarth Shaw's cross-disciplinary healthcare team. Each beat will focus on key industry trends and the latest developments while identifying practical takeaways for those in this space. Today's episode is the latest in our special series focusing on what we can expect in the healthcare industry during the Biden administration. The topic of today will be the environment for healthcare employers under the Biden administration. I'm Adam Lawton, partner in Seifarth's corporate department and host of Healthcare Beat. Let's jump in. Joining me today is Krista McGurn, a fellow with the ABA's College of Labor and Employment Lawyers who co-manages Seifarth's Boston office and co-leads the firm's healthcare, pharmaceuticals, and life sciences practice group. Kristen, welcome to Healthcare Beat. Thanks so much, Adam. Happy to be here. Kristen, what do the early days of the Biden administration suggest about enforcement and the legislative agenda for U.S. healthcare employers? You know, I think we, we'll see a lot of change coming, so I think that's kind of theme number one. But I, I kind of see five areas of early focus that I think healthcare employers want to be aware of. The first is workplace safety, which since the pandemic, you know, has been at the forefront of the minds of healthcare employers and healthcare workers, you know, whether it's having adequate PPE, the right type, the right amount, whether folks will be receiving incentive payments to work in hazardous locations, where workplace safety, whistleblower issues, you know, all really had been on on our minds since the pandemic began. We definitely see the Biden administration focusing on OSHA and workplace safety. Those sorts of complaints also often lead to labor relations challenges where unions, you know, sometimes tend to organize and focus prominently on workplace safety as a rallying cry. So we expect to see traditional labor issues change under the Biden administration, especially in healthcare. We're also expecting to see wage and hour changes, both with a focus on an increased minimum wage, which we know has been um, on the minds of the Biden administration, and changes to the joint employer and independent contractor classifications, which are rampant within the healthcare industry, among other places. So something certainly to watch. The fourth issue, I think, just remains anti-discrimination and equity focuses, both on delivery of healthcare services and in the healthcare workplace. And then finally, I would say, you know, expect expanded leave protections. The stimulus packages have leaned into a national COVID response, and we expect the Biden administration to keep that going. A Democratic administration like his is likely to lead to more guidance and regulation in the paid leave space. Great. Well, let's break down each of those five areas a little more and talk about, you know, now we're getting an idea of who the personalities involved in the administration will be and maybe some of their background, as well as the early priorities they're emerging from legislation or proposed regulation or even less formal types of of guidance. So let's start with workplace safety and OSHA. Right. So, you know, again, you know, I think OSHA was directed by executive order to promulgate specific regulations rather than having employers continue to rely in dealing with citations and enforcement on the general duty clause. And so we were expecting to see an increased emphasis on OSHA enforcement. And in fact, just announced in the last few days, the Biden administration came out with a virus protection program. This is a program that will focus on employers with a large number of workers who are at serious risk of contracting COVID or experiencing uh, workplace safety issues. And so healthcare obviously is a high-risk industry um, in the midst of the pandemic. And so this virus protection program is specifically targeting those sort of high-risk industries, hospitals, assisted living, 
nursing home and other emergency responders, you know, clearly falling within that industry focus. So, you know, we can expect to see in healthcare increased site inspections and returns of OSHA to check on uh, whether corrections that were uh, expected have actually been implemented. We expect to see OSHA whistleblower claims continue. And this new program, in fact, promises to promptly refer whistleblower retaliation claims to the Department of Labor. So keep an eye out for that virus protection program really impacting the industry. And as I mentioned, you know, unions often use safety as a rallying cry to organize in the workplace or to agitate, and we can expect that connection between OSHA and labor relations. And I'm glad that you made that point about unions, because I think the next thing up would be a discussion of the National Labor Relations Board, or NLRB. And I think some of the news that's already coming out uh, about that has mostly been around the personnel turnover on the the staff of the board, but maybe you can talk about some other things that may be developing there. Sure. So you're right. So sort of day one, the general counsel, Rob, was was terminated and the exit of the deputy GC followed quickly thereafter. So there is, as you mentioned, some staff changes at the top. We certainly expect perhaps to see challenges to those staff changes, but certainly as folks have terms that expire, we expect to see a Democratic majority on the board by the fall of this year, 2021. Um, And so with that change in in the majority on the board, we expect to see a return to the expanded view of what constitutes protected and concerted activity in the workplace. I also expect to see an increase in unfair labor practice charges for things like disciplinary terminations that are based on code of conduct violations or employees disparaging managers on social media things like that that we saw sort of as a focus under the Obama administration, we should expect to return. I think this is even amplified because these sorts of themes have increased given the social unrest that we've seen in the last year and the extent to which that sort of activism, you know, kind of from the streets has made its way into the workplace. And employers struggle to find sometimes an appropriate manner to respond to that. So, you know, with an expectation of the Biden administration enforcing, you know, kind of expanding the definition of what con- what is considered protected, concerted activity in the workplace. Healthcare employers need to be sure they're reevaluating their orientation on discipline in light of this new administration and their likely focus on that issue. And I know that wage and hour issues have been a hot topic over maybe the past decade or so, especially with the emergence of places like Uber and Lyft and other kinds of gig work, what sorts of things are on the table there for healthcare employers and workers? Well, it's an interesting point because I think that, you know, even even gig work as an example, you know, has kind of made its way a bit into healthcare in some unexpected um, fashions that we wouldn't have necessarily anticipated pre-pandemic. But, you know, at the top level, we're really looking for Marty Walsh to be confirmed, you know, the former Boston mayor is expected to be confirmed as a secretary of labor on Monday. And he's a, you know, pragmatic deal maker kind of uh, leader. And we expect that the pro-business agenda that was sort of in place under the Trump administration will give way under Marty Walsh's leadership to a more of a pro-worker agenda, most assuredly. The Biden administration also put wage and hour issues front and center by issuing a notice of proposed rulemaking on both the joint employer and independent contractor rules, 
and set the comment period for that NPRM to close on April 12th. So we know that they're focused on those two issues, joint employer and independent contractor, which you know, tend to challenge healthcare workers in, in a lot of areas along that, the healthcare ecosystem. And then we expect the Biden administration to continue to lead with a push on a change to the minimum wage to increase the minimum wage to $15. We also can expect to see a focus on pay practice enforcement, another area where healthcare employers tend to be challenged, whether it's in the, you know, enabling meal breaks to happen, offering them to, you know, be consistent and long enough to to kind of count under state and federal law, uh, rounding practices, off-the-clock work, which, you know, frankly, is more challenging now in a remote work environment for some healthcare employers that sent some of their teams to work from home. Um, and then we're also seeing travel reimbursement enforcement issues relating in particular to, to home care providers. So maybe we will see a related issue of legislative amendments that are designed to prevent mandatory pre-dispute arbitration programs, which many healthcare employers and other employers have used to try to mitigate the risk of class actions in this space. That has been met with some hostility in some Democratic states. And although the Supreme Court in the Epic suit said that those sorts of practices of mandating an arbitration program with a class action waiver is lawful, we, we may expect to see the Biden administration propose legislation to address that issue. Great. So now we, we come around to the EEOC and issues of equity and discrimination. Obviously, those are in the news quite a bit, but as it relates specifically to workplace issues, what's on the table there? Yeah, you know, I think we're going to continue to see a focus on anti-discrimination legislation. And I think for healthcare employers, that's going to include the equal pay space, which is, you know, sometimes particularly fraught when you're dealing with an interplay between academia and research and industry and and hospitals and how, you know, pay practices overlapping in those areas create pay equity issues that hospitals should be focused on. We also should expect a continued uptick in claims of ethnicity and age discrimination and, and also enforcement in those areas, especially with sort of the societal influences that we see in those two areas right now in 2021. You know, fundamentally, what I think we're going to see under the Biden administration in this equity and discrimination space is a focus on employee protection, and we can expect, you know, more regulation and enforcement from the agencies responsible for these areas, the OFCC and EEOC. Um, One example of that is the EEOC's compliance guidelines issued recently relating to religious discrimination was the first update in like a, a dozen years. And so that that guidance is especially important with the vaccine rollout where healthcare employers are, you know, either mandating or strongly encouraging vaccines in a variety of healthcare settings and really need to be ready to educate their workforces around these issues, address refusals and accommodate with an eye towards these religious discrimination uh, and other issues that are required to be considered when uh, accommodating objections to the vaccine or any other kind of this this COVID vaccine or any other kind of vaccine rollout in healthcare. So early in the pandemic last year, I believe it was part of the FFCRA, we saw some tentative but temporary expansions of covered leave. What is anticipated that the Biden administration will do there? 
Right. So the Biden administration does support the expansion of paid leave, and it's kind of a patchwork across the states, as you know now. Um, the FFCRA had required private employers with fewer than more than 50 but fewer than 500 employees to provide emergency paid sick and expanded paid family leave. But those benefits expired at the end of 2020. Through the December stimulus bill, employers who were subject to the FFCRA, who voluntarily continued to provide the leave, were afforded a continued tax credit through this, the end of this month, March. But now under the American Rescue Plan, those tax credits were again enhanced, now through September, and the paid leave allotment for which those tax credits are available resets on April 1st. We also saw in that American Rescue Plan that the reasons for leave were expanded to include things like diagnostic testing for COVID and leave for taking the COVID vaccine or recovery from receiving the COVID vaccine. So the, the reasons for leave have expanded and also the paid family medical leave benefit under FFCRA now includes all the qualifying paid sick leave reasons, which is which is a new change. So we expect, you know, Biden's focus on paid leave in this area to continue. We've seen it kind of early in his administration under this American Rescue Plan, and we do anticipate that that there will be more of a focus on a federal approach to paid sick leave as we move forward and under the Biden administration. Thanks, Kristen. That was a great survey. So what are you telling your clients who are healthcare employers to do to prepare just in wrapping up? What are some suggestions you might have for them? Yeah, I know maybe five or six things, but, um, you know, kind of top level, retain your focus on workplace safety. Make sure you're investigating and remediating any concerns that are arising in the workplace and recognize the connection to labor relations and, you know, continue to focus on workplace optimization opportunities as they relate to safety. Also, you know, certainly as the NLRB, kind of those changes develop at the board level. You want to be maybe returning to review your handbooks and policies to um, make sure that you're prepared for what we expect to be a pushback toward the expanded notion of protected concerted activity. You know, assess, do some self-reflection as an employer, know who your employees are, evaluate their classifications proactively and your pay practices, you know, to get ahead of risk that may develop if, if enforcement ensues. And, you know, certainly consider offering comments to Cypher Shaw or your provider regarding the independent contractor and joint employer NPRM Again, that deadline is April 12th. Then I would just say, just based on what we've all sort of experienced over the past year and a half, uh, address diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging issues. You know, expect more regulation and enforcement there by the agencies responsible. And then prepare for what additional paid leave is going to do to staffing considerations. And, you know, when we're, we're so focused on the challenges that healthcare employers have staffing in this continued surge uh, environment. And you know, even as we wind down now in some jurisdictions to fewer cases in the, the whole vaccine rollout, standing up those clinics and providing you know, that service to American workers and the American populace, really the world, you know, we know these workers are feeling burnt out, are really being asked to do a ton of work. And so a focus on wellness, uh, you know, I think is probably the subject for a whole nother podcast but it's certainly something to, to make sure employers in the healthcare space have uh, top of mind. Thank you for joining us today on another edition of SciFarth's Healthcare Beat podcast, bringing you the latest developments and pressing issues in healthcare. So you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to visit SciFarth.com 
where you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We look forward to having you with us again soon.